When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back with you guys for another episode of our Analyzing Arsenal series. Typically the show where we look back at the latest Arsenal fixture, but of course being the international break, there isn't one to break down. But I'm very happy still to be joined by Josh Williams. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Good, mate. Yeah, this is the episode we've been looking forward to, isn't it? Yeah, I, I suppose it could be the next episode that we look for. If you turn up, <laughs> uh, of course, which is, or if I turn up, is also the other route to go down. But uh, yeah, we're going to be discussing uh, Arsenal's match against Liverpool and who better, of course, to talk to, but Josh, uh, about that. Uh, but prior to that, we wanted to do a little bit of focus on Emil Smith-Rowe because it's been a big couple of weeks for him. Obviously got called up to the England national team for the first time uh, and scored on his first start. It was against San Marino, but it all counts, as Harry Kane will try and tell you when he breaks the England scoring record. So it'll be intriguing as to how uh, we have a kind of we see him in the future because he was operating for England in you know different circumstances. He played on the right, played on the left, could be more central. Obviously got his goal playing kind of archetypally like he has been with Arsenal where he just runs into the box at the right time and gets on the end of a loose ball, which he certainly did uh, in the match against San Marino. Josh, how have you kind of looked at his performances this season? I mean, interestingly, he's just gone above, and I'm not saying it just because it's you, but he has gone above uh, Mohamed Salah's power rankings uh, this week uh, based off of obviously the performances so far this season. I'm not saying he's on that kind of level yet, but it is obviously impressive to be measured at that level. Look at the smirk on Josh's face. (laughs) Can't contain himself. Yeah, I mean, whether I disagree or not with that, I'll leave, I think. But um, <laughs> in terms of Smith Rose, a player, though, yeah, I have, I have been very impressed with his rise. And uh, I'll be honest, with you, I didn't know he was this level, to be honest. Um, I knew he was a big prospect at Arsenal, but there's been a few of them over the years. You know, Eddie and Kessie, it was, was, I was aware of him as a, you know, as an outsider. I was aware of him a bit more than Smith Rowe. Um, but just seeing how he's developed this season, he does seem to be kind of leading the you know the new wave the, the Arsenal new wave kind of thing under Michael Arteta it feels like a bit of a fresh start it feels like the face of that fresh start is is Smith Rowan if you look at what he is as a, as a player from a tactical perspective I think it's it's interesting because I'm not, I'm still not sure what he is he's a bit like he reminds me a little bit of Foden in terms of you know there was talk of Foden early on being there a bit of a, you know, the next Kevin De Bruyne in midfield and things like that. But the way Guardiola has used him, he's used him as a forward, he's used him as a, a player who's more than a to put the ball in the net and then else. And if you look at Smith Rowe, he, he's not, he's a bit of a, a, a weird cross between a, a central midfielder who will keep the ball and things like that and who will play little cute passes around the corner and a really direct, quick um, goal scorer. So, he, he, you know, he's quite a, a bit of a weird blend of several things at the minute. And given his age and stuff like that, it's it's interesting to consider what he might be when he's, you know, peak age around the age of 25, 26. Yeah, I mean, that'll be World Cup 2026. Uh, we could see Smith-Rowe by that time specialised. And 
it, asking about kind of the specialization of his position, he's playing on the left currently for Arsenal. Um, a lot of that came about was because of Martin Odegaard being introduced to the side and then trying to find a, a system whereby both of them could play together. And that happened towards the end of the last campaign. But even with Odegaard at the team, Smith Rose maintains that place on the left because it's kind of unlocked the ability of him to be more offensive, to get into the box more, and to get on the end of chances. Do you think this is where you see him kind of staying in the long term? Or do you think he will start to shift more centrally and then you'll see maybe Arsenal push to to bring in a more natural winger on that left-hand side? Well, that's the thing. I, I initially viewed him as, you know, kind of like a number 10, I suppose, in the, in the mould of like a, a James Madison, maybe. But um, as uh, just as the season's progressed, he's come across to me a lot more direct than I thought he was. He's a lot quicker. I think he's deceptively very fast. Um, good on the dribble in terms of carrying up the ball. He's you know really good goal control and can carry the ball over long distances. So I suppose giving giving him a wide role does make a degree of sense. Um, depending on what what the rest of your system's like, I think if you if he's one of the players you're expecting goals from. Despite his current form, which you know what I'm going to say now, conflict with his current form, but I still don't think he's going to be that type to score, you know, in and around 15, 20 a season. I think he's going to be closer to the the five and 10 a season, even though he's on a bit of a hot streak at the minute. So I think providing you surround him with players who are going to do that, it, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Because if you look at what he's good at, you know, so far this season, from a data perspective, he's... He, he doesn't really massively show up, you know, in, in, in very many areas at all. One of the areas that he massively shows up in compared to other, you know, attacking midfielders slash wingers is just, you know, plain old pass completion. He, he ranks in the top, the 99th percentile for pass completion for players in offensive areas. So yeah. I suppose what that does highlight is, you know, those, those creative players, those players who take risks tend to give the ball away. Smith Rowe tends to do it while keeping possession, which is, I suppose, quite a rare skill. And um, it's going to be interesting over the years to see how, how Arteta uses that and, and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I think that he's a player that... No, he's got an interesting footballing brain on him for such a young player and he kind of knows... He's confident enough to want the ball. He's confident enough to play, yes, a risky pass here and there, but he kind of knows when to save a pass, if you know what I mean. He might see the opportunity and think and kind of measure up the the risk associated with the pass to give away possession in a certain area of the pitch and then decide it's probably not worth that risk and, and go down a, a different avenue. And and that maturity on a player of his shoulders of that's so young right now is certainly something that I think has contributed to this hot streak that he's finding himself in. But he's growing in confidence, which means he's getting into the box more and he's, his shots are coming off a lot more. And that tends to happen to players with that growing confidence. So he's going to be a crucial player for Arsenal this season. He will be crucial for Arsenal at the weekend as we face Liverpool. Um, give me your kind of your thoughts, just raw kind of thoughts about the game because. Both teams are in contrasting kind of mindsets in a lot of factors. Form-wise, Arsenal obviously have the edge um, with the 10 games unbeaten and I think they've won their last five. And Liverpool obviously have, have kind of stumbled a little bit with the Brighton and the, the West Ham games. Do you think that form affects anything about Liverpool going, will that be on their minds? Does it put more pressure on Liverpool? Or is it just a case of it's just the next game in the list and they'll focus on it as such? I actually think the form could work against Arsenal, actually. Because, you know, so far this season, Liverpool have played 17 games in all competitions. 
And there's been a fair few of them where Liverpool haven't been anywhere near their usual level. Uh, if you think, for example, conceded three against Brentford, conceded two against City, conceded two against Brighton, conceded three against West Ham, and conceded two against Atletico Madrid, and conceded two against AC Milan. So, but in all of those games, except one, Liverpool haven't lost. Only now, the, the, the game that's just finished before the international break, have Liverpool mm. lost. So, I think it could act as a bit of a kick for the team. It could act as a bit of a... Um, a coiled spring, a, a, if you like. Is that Yeah, a bit, of, a bit of an eye-opener, maybe, yeah. A mm. bit of a reality check, I think, is probably the word I'm after. Because Liverpool have been play, as I said, played 17 games against a variety of top sides as well. But despite Liverpool's levels dropping, they still haven't been losing until mm. West Ham obviously managed to win. So, and and given that Liverpool are coming back from the international break against a team like Arsenal, who is who, who are seemingly in form and things like that, and seems to be um, a bit of an obtain, I think Liverpool could view this as you know a, a, a real turning point, and they might be really switched on as a result of how the form tables look at the minute. But from my perspective, looking at Arsenal, over the years, I think this is, this. I mean, for a, for a while now, this is probably the most capable I've felt an Arsenal team to be mm. going to a match between Liverpool and Arsenal. I've been pretty confident now for a couple of years since yeah. since Klopp took charge. So, Yeah, I agree with you. I think the last time we won at Anfield in the league was 12-13 um, that season. I mean, Mikel Arteta ironically played in that game. So that kind of shows you how long it's been. And I agree, this is is the most confident I've been, which still isn't massively confident, but that kind of shows you how low things have been from an Arsenal perspective travelling to Anfield. One of the biggest discussions, and we've had this discussion before, is about how Arsenal kind of set up at the back. And something that I spoke with with David Hughes about last week was about how um, Arsenal should set up their defence. Should they go for the back four um, and continue on the route that they have been going? Or should they look to be a little bit more tactical and switch to a back three? And then you can use both Tierney and Tavares on the left-hand side. Tierney, of course, plays that role very well for Scotland behind Andrew Robertson. Um, And you could look to maybe suffocate Trent and Salah on the left-hand side, but that would maybe invite more pressure. And then you've got the opposite being the back four and, and moving away from that. But Brighton and West Ham both used back fours against Amf, uh, against Liverpool in the last two games. So how do you think, if you're coming from the Liverpool perspective of trying to, you know, consider yourself, I don't know, a double agent and you're, look, and you're looking to give Arsenal information about how they should tackle Liverpool, what do you think they would be more beneficial to, to go for? Well, it's it's difficult because I think, I think David Moyes' West Ham came with a very... A very good approach tactically. You know, they were they, they stuck with the usual system that was a back four, and they kind of funneled possession towards arguably Liverpool's least dangerous player on the ball, who was still very very dangerous in in Andy Robertson. But um, he kind of allowed possession out there, and the, between between the lines of of West Ham's defence and midfield, they were very very tight. So anytime you know the likes of Salah or whatever were receiving the ball between the lines. He was immediately a player straight on top of them and things like that. And it, it just worked very, very effectively because on the attacking side of the game, West Ham have got capable attacking uh, attacking talents and they maximised set pieces. So it was a very effective plan. But then from the perspective of Arsenal, do they have the same qualities as West Ham, particularly aerially? 
um, in the centre of defence comes to mind because Ben White's not the tallest, not the best aerial as far as I'm aware. I think Gabriel is probably a little bit better. But generally, Arsenal are quite a short side, I think, in defence. So if, if you're going to employ a back four and Liverpool are going to see most of the ball, you're probably going to suffer from a fair amount of crosses. And if, if you're kind of inviting those crosses into your box, but you've got the likes of Ben White getting on the end of them, you know, Tensor Gandalf's got some delivery on him. And if you if you look at Costa Simica, he's probably going to play as a left back on the day. He's got a very good delivery as well. So it, it, it is tricky. I think from an Arsenal perspective, in attack at least, I would try and focus on what West Ham focused on. I know this season Arsenal have been very good from set pieces. I think they've scored the most goals from set pieces with six. And on the break, you know, they've got they've got capable capable players. Smith Wolf just mentioned then can carry the ball over large distances. Saka the same. Aubameyang, I know there's a bit of a question mark as to his availability, but he's quick on the break and, and things like that. You've got Pepe as well, who I suppose can counter attack on you. So I think Arsenal have got generally the profiles in attack to cause Liverpool some issues, certainly based on what Liverpool have suffered from this season. But in defence, I mean, it's going to be difficult. Liverpool have scored two, I think, in every game, every one of those 17 games but one, and that one was against Chelsea. So to get a point from Liverpool, you're probably going to have to score two or three. Um, and whether yeah. Arsenal set up in a back four or a back five, I mean, it's you're probably going to concede regardless. So you're probably mm. best thinking how are we going to how are we best off on the threat almost. Mm. Yeah, it's a really good solid point, and I think that that for Arsenal is going to be the biggest concern because scoring goals is has been the issue. Um, Arsenal, you look back at the games that they've played so far this season on that game. Uh, on that 10-run match, I think seven of them was either two or less goals that they scored in, in those 10 games. Um, we remember we scored three against Villa and we scored three against uh, Spurs. But beyond that, we have, you know, it's been a struggle to take chances. I think we created over 30 chances against Norwich and came out as 1-0 winners. So that in itself is going to be the biggest challenge for Arteta and deciding who is going to be in that striking position and who's going to be servicing them because you've got this system where he's using Lacazette and Aubameyang at the moment. As you said, though, we don't know 100% Aubameyang's fitness. It, he kind of dampens the idea that he would be unavailable if his, he spoke after the game for Gabon saying it wasn't as bad as it as it looked when he was stretches off. So hopefully he will be available. But if not, you've got that single striker system. And maybe I would have gone for the single striker system anyway and brought Erdogan back in for this game to provide more service because I'm not sure what having both Lacazette and Aubameyang against Liverpool away from home is really going to serve Arsenal because the quicker you can get the service to the number 10, be that Erdogan, the better you are getting the ball forwards to the wide areas or to the striker than you are saying Lacazette drop in for that link-up play. Lacazette's kind of more effective against the sides like we've seen us play against like Watford, where we're playing a lot of the game in the opposition half. That's not going to happen at Anfield. And so having a player like maybe like Erdogan in there will allow Arsenal to, you know, service the forwards much simpler than than having the dual striker system they've been using. Yeah, what I will say as well is I think defensively, Arsenal, what, one thing they do have now is a, a bit more mobility and a bit more pace to cope with Liverpool's attacking lineup. Um even Jota coming back in for Firmino, he's he's quicker than Firmino. So Liverpool have a very quick front line. But then if you're using the likes of, of Ben White, um, Keaton Tierney or, or Tavares, whoever it may be, players like that, they do, they do generally have the, the pace to cope with Liverpool's front line. So perhaps Arsenal can p- 
push up a little bit more than they have done in previous years. I'm not too sure, but I was just wondering from your perspective, what, what do you see as concerns Liverpool wise? You know, looking at Liverpool as in Liverpool's weaknesses or concerns that we have about Liverpool. Yeah, mismatches that Liverpool could potentially profit on. If I, you know, you just said from my mm. perspective, if I was a double agent type thing. Yeah, what, yeah, what, okay. what about roles reversed? Um, it's tough because, as I said, defensively, Arsenal have been quite good this season. Um, I think with with Tommy Asu on the right hand side, you've got a player that's very disciplined. Um, but I feel like if you if you really get at him, as Mark Kukurea did for Brighton, you can kind of, you know, and especially if you've got Robertson and Mane, who we're expecting Mane to play, even though there's been these doubts, but if Robertson and Mane can, or Shimikas, sorry, and, and Mane can both kind of double up on, on Tommy Asso, I feel like that's weirdly, despite his consistency, would be the area that we would maybe struggle in because he's probably the slowest of our defenders. Um you got Gabriel there as well, but Tomiyasu is far from the quickest. Tavares, Tierney are quick. Ben White is quick. Um, so I feel like if you do double up on him, that that may be where we get some joy, which ironically, uh, or rather you get some joy, because ironically that's where, as you say, West Ham did well to force kind of the ball onto your left flank and limit as much to the service to the right-hand side. But with us, if you use the ball more on the, your left-hand side, I think you may actually get more joy, ironically. In the midfield, it's a lot's going to depend on whether Partey's fit, because if Partey's not fit, then Ainsley Maitland-Niles will come in alongside Lukonga, which is, a, whilst I thought he was very good, Maitland-Niles against Watford, it, he wasn't challenged anywhere near as much as the athleticism that he's going to get against Liverpool. So, overrunning that Arsenal midfield against the Maitland-Niles who's out of regular match time and a very good but still very young and inexperienced Lukonga. The, the midfield battle, I think, is where you will win the match mainly because I think you will overpower both of the two pivot midfielders that we're most likely to use in that game. So that's crucially where I think that you'll have the key advantage and then centrally you'll probably just pick Arsenal apart. If, if I mean, we'll go into predictions... I I feel like you'll win this game with all my optimism in the world. <laughs> I just can't see Arsenal going to Anfield and and winning, even with the uh, the form questions. Because as you say, Liverpool score goals, even when they lose or even when they drop points, they score goals, and you have to score. And that's the biggest question I have for this Arsenal side: is Are they going to take the few chances they get? And I'm just not sure that they are. So my head says two one Liverpool, or maybe possibly three one Liverpool. My heart says two two, but. It's going to be tough. Tell me what you think. Yeah, I, th- I feel still pretty confident. Um, as I said, this is probably the best Arsenal team that I've came to, to, to Anfield since I've been working for Reach, which is about three years or so. Mm. Um, but I do think that Liverpool have just too much in attack. And obviously Liverpool are at Anfield and Liverpool have just suffered from a defeat. So that generally... Very rarely do Liverpool suffer from two in a row on the club, at least when everybody's fit. You know, mm. it's a bit different when you've got Reese Williams in your centre half and things like that. But um I I would go for probably three one Liverpool, I think. Um mm. but I do I do expect I do expect Arsenal to score. because um, I think Liverpool's defence has not been has not been watertight so far this season and Mm. You know, Arsenal seems to showcase a bit of a threat from set pieces and things. I do have one more question for you in terms of... Yeah, go for it, mate. Will Arsenal build from the back 
persistently, do you think, or will it be? Absolutely. Like I have, I have no, no doubt in my mind that the stubbornness of like the way in which we play out will continue. The only, the only difference is, is that we've got Ramsdale over Leno and, and having Ramsdale over Leno changes things for Arsenal dramatically in that sense, because if it was Leno, I would be so scared of going to Anfield right now, but Ramsdale's given Arsenal this kind of, he's given Arsenal the better kind of decision-making because he knows when Arsenal are under pressure to go long. And we saw that against Leicester um, where when Leicester pressed, he wasn't, you know, fanning Arsenal about with uh, going, trying to play out from the back. He was kicking it long. And, and that's why he had the lowest pass accuracy of his Arsenal tenure in that Leicester game. But it did relieve pressure from us so many times. So, yes, I do think we'll still try out from the, and try play playing out from the back a lot more. But I, I don't think that you'll see anywhere near the kind of chaos that we've seen when Leno's gone to Anfield, say. Yeah, because that 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 generally in the past few years seems to have been a big factor. Um, mm. Because Liverpool obviously is so capable of pressing high up the field. And Anfield itself is like a, a pressure cooker anyway. So mm. you need really, really capable players to, to do that at Anfield. And Arsenal have persisted with it over the years. I was curious as to whether Ramsdale's distribution would mix that up a little bit, whether he'll occasionally hit long like like Edison's capable of doing. But, um, mm. you know, if you look at the numbers this season, for example, Liverpool are, are top of the league for high turnovers, um, you know, 122 compared to the second best on 106. And a high turnover for a bit of perspective is the number of sequences that start an open play and begin 40 metres or less from the opponent's goal. So if Arsenal are going to persist with building from the back, it, it could cause them problems. But then on the other hand, uh, if you look at Brighton, for example, earlier in the season, they got a 2-2 draw at Anfield. Mm. And they did benefit from a lot of success when it comes to playing through Liverpool. Liverpool did struggle with them at times. Mm. So if you do it well, you can gain in roads because Liverpool do tend to suffer from the space and behind their defence a little bit. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Mm. It is. It's yeah. It's easily the most intriguing game of the season from Arsenal's perspective because it just as a measuring stick to see how far they've kind of come since not only last playing Liverpool at Anfield but since that Manchester City game where we lost five 0 and seeing how this ten game unbeaten run has built up this momentum and kind of solidity and behind the players. So it, it's a huge test for Arsenal. It's a big game for Liverpool. In my perspective, all the pressure is on Liverpool in this game. That Arsenal don't really have much to lose with this because as, as we said we put ourselves into a position where this isn't like a game where we had to get points from because we've, we've done so well over the last 10 games and so I think that after obviously the two games you said earlier in the show that you feel like those two games will be a benefit to, to Liverpool drawing and losing to, to really kind of you say give them a kick up the backside sort of thing but for our do you do you agree that from kind of that perspective the pressure is very much on Liverpool to, to take this game rather than for Arsenal to come and try and get something yeah, I think despite Arsenal's progression, I do think they can view it as a bit of a free hit. Whereas from a Liverpool mm. perspective, especially given the recent loss, you know, you're competing for a Premier League title with Chelsea and Manchester City mm. here. I think Chelsea have already got a four-point gap on Liverpool. So yeah. if Liverpool are going to get in any close that gap, basically they need to start winning games. And, mm. um, you know, I, th- I think Liverpool are winless in, that, in, in a few games actually in the Premier League. So... This is this is this is kind of one where Liverpool do have to turn up, and I will say over the years when Liverpool have, when that's been the case, and Liverpool have had to turn up against a team in the league that 
maybe aren't quite on Liverpool's level, but are getting there. Say, for example, I think Leicester over the years, Liverpool really, really dominated Leicester. Um, And I think Mm. this could be, this has the potential to be similar, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's telling you the one year they didn't dominate Leicester, they Leicester won the league that year. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's telling, isn't it? Um, I did want to ask you because you brought up it's one thing I did want to do before we close is Shimakas being there at left back. How much of a drop is that? Like you talked about, his his deliveries are very very good, but he's going to be up against most likely Bakaya Saka. Do you have concerns about that matchup from from that perspective? I have slight concerns defensively, yes, uh, because he's I don't think he's as good. 1v1 and I don't think his recovery pace is quite as good but in attack I think his delivery is considerably better than Robertson's really? I think his end no. product is a lot better if he plays you, you will you will pick up pretty quickly on, on the technique behind his delivery he mm. can put real real whip on crosses um, so he's a, he's a good talent to have in, in, in attack but defensively yeah I mean don't get me wrong, he applies himself and he, he, he's very, he's got that hard-working element to his game. Where there's industrious, a, yeah. Yeah, industrious, yeah, but a no-nonsense type thing. But just in terms of his his general ability, um, he can get done, I suppose, 1v1 and things like that. But mm. as I said, in attack, he makes up for that a little bit. It's going to be a really, really tough game for both, t- for both teams, I think. More so, obviously, for Arsenal, for obvious reasons. But... It's it's Liverpool's toughest test from an Arsenal perspective since, as we said, that last game, that last league win since 12-13. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be in London to, to try and find a pub to watch it. Um, so I'm going to be looking forward to see, sitting around a load of probably... It's, I'm going to be in the East End of London that day, so I'm definitely going to be surrounded by a load of West Ham fans giving it the fact that they could beat them. <laughs> um, but, uh, but we'll end up struggling. Josh, thank you so much uh, for coming on, as always, for a good chat as, as per. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for getting me involved, mate. Um, at Distance Covered is where you can is probably where you're best going to find me as on Twitter uh, tweet fairly regularly and things like that so yeah do give us a follow absolutely uh, hopefully uh, you'll see both of us back after the game depending on what's happened if it's too embarrassing most likely in Arsenal's uh, not favour the complete opposite to that then uh, we may we may skip it no I'm only joking we will we'll muddle <laughs> through and uh, and still cover it as well uh, but enjoy the rest of your days people do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already and we'll see you for the next one and as always keep following us down the Arsenal way 49, 49, 49, 49.